Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. We continue to listen to the recommendations from federal, state, and local experts, including the Center for Disease Control, concerning efforts to limit the spread of coronavirus. During this time, our office remains operational and available to service our current and new clients. Our employees will be available by phone at 570-286-5855, as well as email, and have access to our systems to continue to conduct business. Please know that our after-hours emergency service will continue to be available. Based on the recommendations from federal, state, and local experts, our building will be closed to the public during these extraordinary times. Our employees will be working from home to practice social distancing so we can do our part to keep our staff and community as safe and healthy as possible. Please be advised that all face-to-face meetings will be discontinued in favor of conducting business via phone or email. At this time, we ask that you be safe, be well, and be kind, and know that your Purdy Insurance team is committed to the highest levels of service and is only a phone call away. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Monday, everybody. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. I don't know if they have suit insurance, but they could come up with it. I know Matt and I would be curious about that policy. They have served the Valley for decades. They've found their customers exactly the right insurance that they're covering. They've done so where they can get the best price. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. In the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online to sunburymotors.com, and you can get the process started by checking out the great product lines online. Ford. Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Happy Monday to you. You can answer back. You're allowed. Hello, Steve. Chad, how are you today? Good. Great to have you here. Good to be here. It's a beautiful day here in Central PA. Yes, it is. Gorgeous out. Uh, um, I want to get to. Obviously, it's you know, it's the topic I, I don't like keep going to all the time, but they give you no choice. The uh, one of the worst things that you can have in business, as far as I'm concerned is a lack of foresight. I mean, a lack of foresight. You have, you know, there are times you have to take a chance here or there. There are times you have to have, you have to have a vision. Every once in a while, you got to be a little conservative about something. It's only because of, you know, trying to read the moment. 
That's one of the reasons. Is to be honest, to be honest, but it's one of the reasons that for for such a long time, even before I worked here, um, uh, such respect I've, I've, I have and continue to have for Roger, because of how he looks at how important the valley is and what a radio station means to its area or a group of radio stations, not just this station, but all of them that we have here. Baseball does not have anybody, at least it seems on the surface, again, on the surface, outside looking in, doesn't seem to have anybody that has what you would call foresight. Dave Gavitt, who started the Big East, had foresight. Joe Paterno, when it came to trying to get an Eastern All-Sports Conference or TV deals, whatever it may be, Joe operated with foresight, not just in the moment, but with foresight. We don't have a lot of visionaries in the world today, and we don't have a lot of visionaries in sports today. You also don't have a lot of people that, when it comes to ownership in sports, that grew up and were weaned in the sport. Clark Hunt of the Kansas City Chiefs weaned in the sport. Okay, The Mara family from generation to generation, weaned in the sport. Kind of sense that Stephen Jones with the Cowboys, with his dad, Jerry, is deeply embedded in the fabric of the sport. The Roonies, deeply embedded in the fabric of the sport. Look at the Phillies' ownership over there. Ruley Carpenter. You know, Dave Montgomery. Even the Giles family. And I think, actually, when you look at the current ownership, you know, I think that, you know, they're, you know, Bob Nutting out in Pittsburgh is just there to make a buck. He's not, he's not there to, he's not really there to compete. He's there to make a buck. And he does. Believe me, the Pirates make money. You know, they may have the lowest payroll, whatever, but they make money. When you have people that are always fighting to tell everybody they're right and stay away from doing the right thing, you've got a big problem. And Major League Baseball has that right now. They have a big problem. If you were to put together a checklist in October of 2019... Of everything you could do wrong to wreck the sport. Let's see. Let's go through that checklist for you. We're going to take the draft from 40 down to five rounds. We're going to put together a series of proposals for the players that every time a proposal comes together, anybody who has any semblance of a feel for math understands that each proposal no matter how different the number of games were and so forth, came out to one-third. All of them. 
came out to one third, except for the last one. Came out to one third. Minor league baseball. It's drawn forty two million fans last year, drawn forty million or better in each of the last fifteen years. You're basically looking at since you want to lop off forty, hey, you're just looking at ten million fans and telling them to go stick it. We don't need your market, we don't need you. Oh, you'll keep coming back. It's major league baseball. <laughs> what are you kidding me? The Astros. Every single box that a that a group can check where they've made the wrong decision, they've checked. And I don't want to hear what a brilliant negotiator Rob Manfred is. It's irrelevant if you don't get results. It's irrelevant if you don't have the foresight that you've got to bite the bullet now in order to make sure you have a profitable enterprise in the years to come. For the players, they haven't helped either. I want mine. Oh, great. Yeah, so did the worker that got laid off. Yeah, they wanted theirs too. What makes sports work, and I've talked about this so many times, how often have you heard me talk about the fan that makes the commitment to be in the seats, the fan that wakes up on a Friday and is going to go on a Friday night and wakes up on a Saturday morning and says, okay, let's pack it up. Let's make that trip. Let's you know. Let's get the gas. Let's pack it up. Let's get the gear. Let's get the tailgate. Let's go drive in. Okay, I got to fight some traffic coming in. Boom! I get to my space. I'm there. I'm all in. I'm committed. Let's have fun. Let's have a great day. Last summer, my son Dan and I went to Fenway Park. You know, they played Houston. All right. Didn't really enjoy. We were like eight rows behind the dugout. They were kept bashing this trash can all night. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But the two of us had a great time just being at the ballpark. It was a great evening. And we had to fight a little traffic coming in. Sure. That's fine. You know, got to the Prudential Center, walked about, you know, probably, I think from the Prudential Center to Fenway's about. A mile. Walked over, got a couple beverages, got some food. Astros scored five runs in the first inning, so they're behind. And we had a great time. But for me to go there, I had to drive seven and a half hours to go. I picked him up, and then we drove another hour in. Then we had to pay for the parking, and then we had to walk over, and then we had to go. Guess what? We had a great time. It was worth it to us, but we made the commitment. Do you think the Red Sox give a darn that we made the commitment to John Henry? I hope he does. But you wonder ownership as a whole cares that you show up. They don't seem to care about you. Okay, Sports is a triumphant how often do you hear owners say, well, you can't have the game without owners? 
And then, of course, the famous Players Association. You can't have the game without players. Well, guess what? You can't own or play unless you've got somebody to play for. Okay? The third part of the triumvirate is us. Is you. And in the end, you're actually the most important part. And they forget about you all the time. Buster Olney wrote a brilliant op-ed on ESPN.com yesterday. He starts out what we'll call the Jeff Lunau mentality, former Astros GM who's out of a job. We'll call the Jeff Lunau mentality could be defined as the absolute devotion to gleaning every fragment of advantage, every bit of efficiency, regardless of whether you might drift beyond the bounds of common sense. The ends justify the means, just win the moment. And by the way, the minor league baseball proposal is Luno's, by the way, just so you know. It's as if Major League Baseball's leadership has embraced the Lunau mindset in these torturous labor negotiations because the owners keep making these absurdly incremental offers at a time when the broader international context calls for decisive and bold action. With a resolution now at least three weeks too late and counting, the industry is becoming a punchline for sports dysfunction, followed by... Words such as the Knicks, Tanya Harding, at butt fumble. Every bit of news of America's pastime these days seems to begin with the phrase, and then there's baseball. Under Lunau, the Astros were part of sports supreme practitioners of tanking, becoming the first team since the 62-65 to Mets to lose at least 106 games in three consecutive seasons. In Lunau's three seasons, first three seasons of the GM, the Astros spent a total of $137.4 million in payroll, $53 million less than the next lowest team. Yes, you guessed it, the Pirates at $190.70 million. The Astros also drew a 0.0 local television rating for consecutive seasons. They manipulated the service times of some of their better players, as did other teams. Luno's team engaged in ultra-next-level sign-stealing and then traded for Roberto Osuna, fresh off his 75-game suspension under the sport's domestic violence policy. But so long as the math made sense, Luno pushed the envelope and the Astros won a World Series in 2017. Of course, in the big picture, Luno's management turned out to be a disaster for many reasons besides winning and losses. Under his watch, the Astros helped to drag the sport under a low bar of credibility as other teams tried to replicate his formula with fans left to wonder what they are paying to see whether or not it was farcical. Throughout those years, which included Lunau giving the okay for a club employee to monitor the opposing dugout from an adjacent camera well, you kept waiting for someone to step up and lead. You kept waiting for someone to acknowledge the astounding accumulation of damage to good faith competition and operation, just as you keep on waiting for someone on the owner's side to end this embarrassing negotiation with the Players Association rather than engaging in this battle of reconstituted spam offers. The House of Baseball is burning, and somebody needs to put out the fire immediately by making a deal that moves the sport forward beyond this absurd fight over increments. The opportunity to own the sporting stage in early July, as Dick Girardi would say, is gone. 
The potential goodwill and ratings, all but certain for the first big sport out of the gate, will be all but, as Dick Girardi would say, gone. You have owners saying they're not making any money. The margin is small, yet they sign a deal with Turner for $500 million. That got leaked out. They didn't release that. That got leaked. Then when people struggling to apply for unemployment benefits, nobody wants to hear the quandaries of billionaires. And nobody should ever hear about minor leaguers having their salaries slashed in the way that the Nationals and Oakland A's intended to do. But here we are at an impasse. The more resentful the fans get as the owners haggle over the amounts of money, which, when measured against their collective wealth, are pathetically small, certainly not worth rendering long-term damage to the sport. And by the way, the owners don't have a monopoly on short-sightedness. The union leadership has pushed dominoes that have helped lead to this moment through its lack of engagement over the last five years, and the two sides fueling the deterioration of their working relationship into a death spiral. It's always let's not talk about this and let's talk not let's not talk about that. Next half hour we're going to hear from Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Before we get to that, I'm going to give him, give you that Buster Olney's Tony Gwynn analogy, which is brilliant and sums up the times we're in right now. Writers, and we've cited Jason Stark, and now we've cited Buster Olney, are like me. I love football. I love basketball. I love baseball. I've been so fortunate over the years that I've had college football to announce and college basketball to announce. The one pro sport I've done is minor league baseball. This saps so much out of it. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades. Not just their customers, but they've given back. Like the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament. Which has been of such great benefit in recent years to the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. Auto, home, life, business, insurance, bundles. They'll do whatever they can to save you money while making sure you are completely insured. And if there's ever a claim to go to work as if it happened to them, that's because these are great people who are tremendous professionals. That's how you describe, to me, the great people at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Talk about great pros, great pros at Sunbury Motors and Sunbury Motors Kia. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online to sunburymotors.com. When you do, you'll see a great line of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory. All right. All at sunburymotors.com. You can get the process going from the comfort of your own living room. 
were talking baseball. And I'll give you a media equivalent to this. I've told my class many times, and I always love when you go to a press conference and somebody asks a series of questions. They go, what? And then later they'll brag to their colleagues, I ask the tough questions. Well, a couple times I've looked at them and said, did you get any answers? You know, they wouldn't answer my question. I said, well, then it wasn't such a great question, was it? Okay, You can ask good, insightful questions and get good, insightful answers. You can sit there and ask the jerk question and tell everybody that you asked the tough question, and if you don't get an answer, what good's the question? Nobody's going to put that in in on the air, the answer. Nobody's going to print out what was said because you didn't get anything. What, you made your point? As a reporter, it's not your job to be sitting in there to make your point. Your job is to ask questions and get answers. And that is, when it comes to this, we've heard repeatedly over and over again that Rob Manfred's a great negotiator. He probably is a great negotiator. He probably has a great reputation as a negotiator. Okay? That's great. But if you don't get results, how good a negotiator are you? He's a great negotiator, but there is no deal. He's a great negotiator. You've had something to work out here for months, and I realize that part of negotiation sometimes is you have to have the ability to walk away from the table. Sometimes that has to happen. I understand that. But this wasn't one of those times. You're trying to save something during a crisis here. This is not a long-term negotiation. This is not December 20th of 2021, the previous deal is run out, or it's January 15, 2022, the previous deal is run out December 1st, 2021, which is what it's expected to do. And on January 15th, after negotiating all week, everything stinks, and you walk away from the table. I got it. That's negotiating. You know, sometimes you have to walk away. This wasn't one of those times. And not getting it done and proposing the same junk over and over again Right? Oh, and by the way, the players aren't helping either. I want mine. But I want if I'm going to play, you know, and put my life on the line because I don't know if it's safe, I better get my money. And then you propose more games. Huh? Thought you were worried about the conditions. Oh, you propose more games because you want more money. Yes, sir. I can spell fraud, too. All right. And you are a fraud. So now let's get to the um, the Buster-only column on ESPN, which, again, was brilliant, really well done. Then we'll hear from Matt Leon in a few moments here. Okay. Um, the... When you look at, he gives this media example about how you could foul things up. Tony Gwynn was in the, at one point, um, Buster covered the Padres. 
Tony Gwynn was in the midst of his Hall of Fame career when I covered the Padres. And for any writer, he was a gift from the baseball gods. He excelled at his craft, winning eight batting titles, finishing a 20-year career with a .338 average and five Gold Glove awards. He also was among the smartest and most eloquent players, someone who consistently spoke anecdotally. Now, there are a couple of San Diego State players that have played here, most notably a guy years ago, Alberto Santos, the center fielder for the Spikes. You, I never had the privilege of being in the same room with Tony Gwynn. I saw Tony Gwynn play in person, but I never was in the same room with him ever. And so anybody connected with San Diego State, Ted Leitner, who does uh, football and basketball, and, of course, does the Padres games. I've talked to Ted about him. I talked to Alberto Santos about him. Oh, I've never heard a single person say a single negative word about Tony Gwynn. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. There were cool San Diego evenings when he seemingly wrote your stories for you, first with his actions and then with his observations and words. Tony really loved what he did, and he loved to talk about the game of baseball. And underneath all of that, Tony was a really good person, fair-minded, so that he would treat a young writer with the exact same respect that he would treat Peter Gammons at the top of the reporter food chain. In one of those years that I covered Tony Gwynn, this is Buster Olney, he finished a spring training game and held court in front of his locker, answering questions about what happened that day. As the session wound down, the notebooks and the pens dipped to the sides of the reporters who were there, and Tony then began what he assumed was now an off-the-record portion of the conversation. I can't exactly remember what he said, but I think it was something about some Padres decision that he strongly disagreed with, and in his opinion, which he clearly did not want to make public yet. Well, one of the reporters in the group, a recent journalism school graduate, shocking, wrote down Tony's criticisms. And for a day, that was the biggest story in Padres camp. Tony had to address the brush fire, and he was furious at the reporter, whose explanation was based on a technical point. Tony never actually uttered the words, this is off the record before each of his statements. Tony Gwynn was livid, feeling as if he had been taken advantage of, and he never again trusted that reporter, who, yes, won that moment with his scoop while forever losing access to one of the best and most insightful minds in the sport. A dumb, smart person, short-sighted, utterly devoid of rationality in that manner. That's what's going on in baseball right now. That's how he closed out. And he's so right about that. At every point, he is so right. I won my moment. Right? I asked the tough questions. Did you get an answer? No. I won the moment. He didn't say it was off the record. And guess what? Guess who got nothing the rest of his career from Tony Gwynn? That guy. The old saying about... It seems like these negotiations are like so many other things we have in our society right now. It's about winning 
Okay, this isn't about winning these negotiations. This is about saving your sport. You're in trouble. Eh? You need to bite the bullet now. So that in 21, you have some smooth sailing and you set up something for your 22 negotiations. And by the way, you need to expand your draft back to back to 40 rounds. I'd accept 30. You need to not look at 10 million baseball fans and tell them they're worthless because you took their teams away in minor league baseball. Every decision they make, okay, in their we're right, we're efficient, we're going to be lean, is wrong, 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 and short-sighted and wrong. If you want a handbook on how to kill a sport, Rob, you're following it step by step by step. And don't think you can't kill it. You can. All right. That we bring in my good friend Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Matt, great to have you with us as always, my friend. Good to be with you. Uh, so I just have to ask, what do people in the city even think about this baseball thing? I mean, the Philly fans are great fans. They're diehard fans. They show up. They got a chance at a pretty good team this year, but now are they are they losing people in what they're doing? I think the sport as a whole is losing people. I mean, I it's amazing the <laughs> baseball owners really come across in this as as people who don't like baseball. It yeah. is it's really amazing how they are setting their own brand on fire and uh and you know we hear now talk what forty eight fifty game season. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know if that's asterisk worthy given what baseball is at the the pro level. So uh, you don't hear much talk about it. I honestly think we've kind of moved past the point where people are just kind of out of sight, out of mind. And yep, I think people are now focused on the uh, the hopefully the NFL and you know. NBA says the end of next month, and I, I think people have focused on things that they they have hope that are actually things that are trying to come back, not things that are antagonizing their fan base on purpose. Uh, yeah, ag- agree with that. Um, has Penn made any decision as to what they want to do? Your Penn State announced what they intend to do. They intend to open up with classes, uh, in-person classes on August 24th and moving forward from there and then go Zoom after Thanksgiving into finals. Has Penn decided what they're doing since you're so close to that situation? Yeah, not that I've heard. I would imagine it's coming soon because I think everybody's got to put their best cards on the table because, you know, middle of June, you know, if you're talking your fall athletes, they'll, they would, in normal times, they'd start showing up end of July, early August. It's a little later for the Ivy League schools. But uh, it's going to be interesting because we're going to have a whole new set of parameters a month from now than we have now. That's It's just so difficult to plan. You know, right. I kind of, everybody was getting, you know, I meant to talk about the NFL coming back and everybody getting excited. And then all of a sudden you see, you know, the – the spikes and you know what members of the Cowboys and the Texans reportedly COVID nineteen positive right. and yep. it's just I, I don't know how you thread this needle I, I mean I just don't know because uh, this isn't going away and it's going to be a long 
hard slog. And it'll be interesting to see how much professional and college organizations are you willing to start stop? Are you willing to shut down for two weeks? Is that even possible? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, back to the Phillies for a moment. Uh, John Middleton is the primary. This is this is a, an organization that's had some incredible ownership over the years. Ruley Carpenter, the Giles family, uh, Dave Montgomery, that everybody loved. Now it's John Middleton. Uh, and most owners now are not like the Maras who grew up doing their deal in their sport. Does John Middleton have enough of his heart and soul into being a baseball owner that he would have a different viewpoint from somebody that's a corporate person that just said, you know, by the way, the baseball team's a write-off? Oh, I think, yeah, I think Middleton wants to win, wants to play. I mean, I haven't seen anything uh, that he has come out and said, but I, I would – Regardless of what you think of him, I wouldn't put him in the same box as a lot of these corporate, like you said, for people that this is just one, you know, one box they check among many. Uh, and I think John Middleton has a very good appreciation what baseball means to Philadelphia, yeah. and uh, and also, you know, he he spent a lot of money bringing up Bryce Harper to town and then other yeah. guys, and you know the that's not an in it. That only it's only an investment worth investing in if people are actually playing. So. And, and, and the Middletons, he and his wife Lee, for example, have donated a lot of money in Philadelphia: Penn Medicine, Bryn Mawr Presbyterian, Academy of Natural Sciences, Project Home, Philadelphia Art Museum. I mean, they put a lot of money back into the city. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So, i I would not put him as one of the 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 folks of like you said that uh, are looking at this purely from the through the corporate lens. Yeah, that to me, when you have and Middleton would be in the in the twenty one, so I'm not I don't want to include him in this. But only nine of the thirty owners, Matt, were a part of the ninety four ninety five fiasco, right? Who understand the scars of it? You got twenty one of them that have, that have no idea what that's like. Oh, absolutely, and I think we see. We see a lot of that in all walks of life, where as you get further away from something, it doesn't seem as bad, and it's easy to dismiss it when it's only something you're reading about or or stuff like that. But you know, baseball. If we're going to take a thirty thousand foot view, baseball's been on the decline for a long time. I know, and you could make a lot of arguments that it never fully recovered from ninety four, ninety five. Agreed. Uh, and to I think we are really looking at the possibility of just no games and no baseball this year. And what does that what does that do to the sport? Because I think the thing that I have heard very few people express sorrow that they don't have baseball right now. Right. And I think we've got a million other things on it, but you don't hear a lot of people, you know, really. Saying how much they miss it and all, and I, I think you got to be careful because people only got so much money to spend on stuff like that, right. and it's very easy to to move along. So it's going to be some, but it's really, I, I think 
when you move past anger to apathy, that's when you're in trouble, and I think yeah. that's where baseball is. Exactly. Uh, I have to ask about the NBA part because uh, LeBron James is, and I guess the Lakers are unified. We're playing. If I had that team, I'd be want, I'd want to play too. Uh, but not everybody is in that mode right now. Have you heard anything about how some of the Sixers players feel about the you know the campus setup and so forth? I have not. Um... I think basketball has made the best good faith effort to try to figure something out. Um, but also, see, the question I have with this is, you know, it's easy to say everybody gets secluded in Disney and we'll test and all and we'll keep everybody here and it'll work. And I agree to a point, but I don't know if I've mentioned this with you, like they're not going to be by themselves in the idea that, there still has to be people working food service. I don't even mean for right. the games. I just mean to feed mm-hmm. the players, feed right. everybody that's down there. People have to, you know, work maintenance. You're, you're going to be talking about hundreds, if not thousands of people. So are we going to constantly test all those people? And what about their families? Are we going to ask all these people? It's right. just, it, it's something that it's easy to, you know, a talking head debate on TV to say how, you know, all you got to do is X, Y, but it's so much more complicated than that. I think as you get closer to these things and it becomes less a, an intellectual exercise and more, how do you pull this off? It's going to be really tough. And then, you know, even you get everybody down there, all right, everybody's down there. We've got to figure it out. Second night of games. And I'm just picking this randomly Four Pacers test positive. Right. So they have to be – is the whole team quarantined? Is it just those four players? How long? So can the Pacers sign four guys to replace these guys? How is that going to work with roster limits, with the union? I just don't know. And what's our tolerance for this isn't going to work? Is it one test positive? Is it 10%? Is it somebody has to get really sick? I don't – you know, it's – there's just so many things that the more you pull on it, the more it unravels. And that – I. I think I've said this with you the last couple times. I I just don't know how it's going to come together, especially when we're doing all this and we talk about there's these, you know, the virus is raging in Florida. It's raging in Arizona. It's raging in Texas. It's raging in a lot of places. So I just don't know how you're going to bring people from these states into, you know, a, a controlled environment. And I guess we're just going to hope for the best. I don't know. My friend, I know you have work you have to do. We appreciate that and you very much. Thank you. Take care. All right. Audrey Snyder, The Athletic, next half hour. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Great to have you with us. Audrey Snyder, next half hour from The Athletic. As uh, Penn State's back to work, uh, saw a couple of players on Saturday, as a matter of fact. They're excited to get back to work. Uh, we'll hear from Micah Parsons, by the way, tomorrow on the show. And final half hour, Dave Shinen of the Washington Post on the... I mean, do you call the negotiation? I don't know. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motor Studio. 
Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com.